The previous Mishnah brought down really the first machlekes, the first debate amongst Tanoim between the Nosi and the Avbeistin regarding performing smicha on Yom Tov. Smicha is when one leans on the animal which he is bringing as a korban. And this is really the first machlekes which continued for a number of generations without coming to a halachic decision. Now up until Hillel and Shammai, this remained pretty much the only machloikes which the halacha was not yet decided for. But once it reached the days of Hillel and Shammai, then they argued on a few more things. And once it reached their students, base Shammai and base Hillel, so they argued on many, many things, as we see throughout Shas, many, many debates between base Shammai and base Hillel. This Mishnah is going to show that Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel also argued about the same Achreikas as the previous Mishnah regarding Smicha on Yom Tov, and as well as that, which Korbanas can be offered on Yom Tov. Now everybody agrees that a Korban which is not brought for the sake of the Yom Tov, it's not anything to do with the Yom Tov. For example, if somebody made a vow to bring a Korban, so you can bring it at any time, it is forbidden to bring it on Yom Tov itself, we're not talking about Cholamoyed, we're talking about Yom Tov itself, it's forbidden to bring that Korban on Yom Tov, since bringing a Korban does involve lots of forms of work which are generally forbidden. And although on Yom Tov one is permitted to do things for the sake of food, so it would be permitted to cook meat, for example, Nevertheless, to bring a korban on Yom Tov, which involves many other forms of work as well, in a situation where one does not need to bring it on Yom Tov, or the korban is not being brought for the sake of Yom Tov, so one should not bring a korban and make efforts to do something which hasn't got anything to do with the Yom Tov itself. The question is, what about the Olas Ru'iyah and the Shalmei Chagiga? So with Shalmei, maybe Shalmei say, Mavian Shalomim, one is allowed to bring the Shalmei Chagiga on Yom Tov, since the Shalmei Chagiga is eaten. And since it's eaten, it's considered to be Eichel Nefesh, form of work which is for the sake of food preparation, and therefore it's permitted on Yom Tov. But as, as Shammai said in the previous Mishnah, We do not do Samicha on them on Yom Tov. Shammai is of the opinion that Samicha can be done even the day before a carbon is brought. And therefore it could have been done before Yom Tov, so it is forbidden to do so on Yom Tov itself. But it's forbidden to bring the Eilas Ru'iyah at all on Yom Tov, since it's totally burnt on the Mizbeach, so it's not to do with eating. And so just like on Shabbos, it's forbidden to perform forms of work which have nothing to do with eating. So to on Yom Tov, and therefore one can only bring the Shamich Giga on Yom Tov itself. And the Eilas Ru'iyah will have to bring during the rest of Yom Tov, or on Shavuos, he's got another week, but not on Yom Tov itself. We still say, Mavian Shalom and one may offer both the Shamich HaGiga and the Oilas Ru'iyah, but he'll learn from the Posuk which calls Yom Tov at Tseres LaHashem Elekecha. It calls it a Yom Tov for Hashem your God. So it's not just a Yom Tov for you or selves, but even if it involves, as it were, food for Hashem, it involves bringing the Korbanus on the Mizbeach, that is also permitted on Yom Tov. But again, as long as it has something to do with the Yom Tov, as long as the Korban is being brought for the sake of the Yom Tov, so then one can spend his time on Yom Tov doing this. And when one brings the Korban, he does lean on them, he does perform Samicha, since Beis Hill is of the opinion that Teichkef Lesmicha Shechita, that the Samicha has to be done immediately before the slaughtering of the Korban, and therefore it needs to be done on Yom Tov, and it is therefore permitted. Mishadalit, there was a group of Jews known as the Baisusim, who didn't really accept all of the Torah, especially the Torah Shabal Peh, and they read the Torah in a literal translation. Now, the Torah does not mention the date of Shavuos. Rather, the Torah says that you should count Sfirah Sa'imer, you should count 49 days from the second day of Pesach, 
and on the 50th day, that is considered Shavuos. Now the way that the Torah says it is Shabbos. You should count for, for yourselves from the day after Shabbos. Now based on Torah Shabbos, we understand that word Shabbos in this context to be referring to the Yom Tov of Pesach, to the first day of Pesach. So when the Torah says that you should start the 49 day count from the day after Shabbos, we understand that to mean from the second day of Pesach. However, the Baisusim who understood the Torah literally, they interpret it to literally mean Shabbos, and so they would always start the Sefirah Omer on the Sunday after the first day of Pesach, and then seven weeks later on that Sunday would be Shavuos. So according to the Baisusim, Shavuos always falls on a Sunday. Says the Mishnah, at Tzeres Shecholol of Shabbos, if Shavuos falls on a Friday, the first day which one is able to slaughter and to offer the Olas Re'iyah is going to be two days after Yom Tov. It's going to be on Sunday. Since according to Beishamai, as we saw in the previous Mishnah, it is forbidden to bring the Olas Re'iyah on Yom Tov, and all, all the more so it's, it's forbidden to do so on Shabbos. And so the first opportunity will be the Sunday. In total, one has an entire week beginning from Shavuos, but the first opportunity and therefore the ideal time to offer the Korban would be on the following Sunday. The first day where one is able to slaughter the Olas and bring it as a Korban is not on the Sunday. Because as we saw in the previous Mishnah, according to Beis Hillel, one may bring both the Olas and the Shami Chagiga on Yom Tov itself. Now, up until now, the Mishnah's law really applies to Pesach and Sukkot as well. And indeed, the next law also applies to Pesach and Sukkot. That if Shavuos fell on, on Shabbos itself, that the first day where one is able to slaughter both the Olas Re'iyah and the Shalmei Chagiga is going to be on a Sunday, because on Shabbos it's forbidden to bring any carbon except for a public carbon which has a fixed time. So for example, the carbon Tomid, which is bought every single day, or the carbon Musaf of Shabbos, the carbon Musaf of Rosh Chodesh. Since these carbonas have to be bought on a particular day, and only on that day, and they are a public carbon, only such carbonas can be bought on Shabbos. Now the next part of the Mishnah only applies to Shavuos, and that is, if you think about it, in such a situation where the date of Shavuos really falls on a Friday or a, or a Shabbos, but everybody brings their carbonos on the Sunday. So it might appear very much as if we are following the practice of the Baisusim, who always hold that Shavuos is on a Sunday. So in order to avoid this misinterpretation and misunderstanding, the Ein Kohen Gadol Slavish Bekelov, the Kohen Gadol does not wear his regular, very nice Yom Tov clothes. The Kohen Gadol would generally wear very nice clothes on Yom Tov in order to honor the Yom Tov. So the mission is saying he should not do any such thing on the Sunday in order to publicize and show the fact that it is not a Yom Tov. Umutorim behesped of Atanis. It is permitted for one to eulogize a person who had died, to speak about him, and it is permitted to fast, even though these things are certainly forbidden on a regular Yom Tov. And also on a regular year, if somebody happens to bring his Olas Re'iyah and Shamicha Giga after the Yom Tov itself, within the week, on the day that he brings his Korbanus, it's considered a day of joy. And it would be forbidden for him to give a ta- to give a Hesped, or to fast. But the Mishnah says, on this Sunday it is permitted in order to demonstrate the fact that it is not a Yom Tov at all. In order not to establish and support the words of those who say at Tzeres Achar Shabbos that Shavuos always falls on a Sunday.
Mishnah Hey, the focus of really the rest of the Mishnah of the Masechta now shifts to a slightly different focus, and that is the laws of Tara, purity, and Tumah, impurity, and in particular the relation of these laws to Yomtev. Now it's important to realize that there are essentially five different levels of things which need to be guarded from Tumah. Generally, the more sanctified the item is, the more it has to be separated from Tumah. And the five levels are as follows. The first level, the lowest level, is Chulin. Chulin refers to regular, unsanctified food. And technically, it is actually permitted to eat Chulin in a state of Tumah. Nevertheless, many people were very particular upon themselves that even Chulin they would eat only in a state of purity. So Chulin is the first level. The second level is Meister Shemi. In the first, second, fourth, and fifth years of the seven-year Shemitah cycle, one is obligated to separate a tenth of his produce and bring it up to Yerushalayim and eat it over there. Now, one of the laws of Maiseshani is that it is forbidden to eat Maiseshani, which is Tomei. So that's the second level, Vlatruma. Truma, which refers to the gift which a farmer needs to give to a Koyen. So that produce which the Koyen receives is Truma, and it is forbidden to allow Truma to become Tomei at all. It's not only forbidden to eat Tomei Truma, but it is forbidden to allow Truma to become Tomei. Fourth level, Vlakodesh Korbonos. They have an even higher level of holiness than Truma. And so as we're going to see in the coming Mishnayas, the laws of Truma and Tahara are more strict regarding Korbonos than Truma. And the highest level is the Mechatos, which refers to the solution of water and the ashes of the Paraduma. The Paraduma was a red cow, which they would go through a whole process and ultimately get the ashes of the cow and mix it with water. And any body and any item which became Tomei from a dead body, which is a very high level of Tumor, in order to become pure, in order to become Tohar again, they would need to be sprinkled with this solution. Now, if this solution were to become Tomei, that would be a huge problem, because this is really the solution upon which the purity of all of the Jewish people is dependent. The Mishnah Simasechah's Parah describe extreme precautions which were taken in order to avoid this solution becoming Tomei. Be as it may, those are the five levels. Chulin, Maiseshani, Truma, Karbonais, and the solution of the Parah Aduma. The halacha is that before one eats bread, even if it is chulin bread, the bread itself is not considered to be holy, it has no extra degree of sanctity. Midrabbana, one is obligated to wash his hands before eating the bread, that's known as natilas yodayim. And one of the reasons for this is because one often touches parts of his body which aren't totally clean, and so if he comes to then touch food with those hands without washing them first, it could spoil the food perhaps, and that would be a big problem when it comes to truma, for example. It's forbidden to allow truma to go to waste, one has to eat all of it. And so Mujabbanon, before eating bread, one must do natilas yodayim by taking a utensil, filling it up with water, and washing his hands by pouring the water out of that utensil. So the Mishnah says, one must wash his hands before eating chulin bread, and before eating and before even touching truma, because part of this decree of requiring people to wash their hands before eating these things is that midrabonon stam yodayim tameim. Hands are considered to be midrabonon tomei, just the hands, unless one has been consciously taken care of not allowing his hands to touch any parts of the body which are unclean or anything else which is tome perhaps. But if one has not consciously had that in mind, then we consider his hands to be midrabon on tome, and therefore even to touch truma because of the higher level of holiness of the truma would be a problem. 
Says the Mishnah of Al-Qaidesh, when it comes to eating meat of Karbanais, Matbilin, one needs to dip his hands into a mikveh. It's not enough just to pour water onto them from a utensil, rather one requires a real mikveh, Velachatos. And when it comes to the solution containing the Pura Aduma ashes, Imnitmu Yodov, if one's hands became Tomei, even if it's only a Tomei Jabonon, Itmogufoi, we consider it as if his entire body is Tomei, and therefore it's not enough just to dip his hands into a mikveh, but he has to dip his entire body into a mikveh. This is an example of an extreme precaution which is taken in order to preserve the purity of the Pura Aduma solution. Mishavov, another precaution with Jabonon, which was taken to preserve the purity of these different levels, was that when one does go to the mikveh, for example, to purify himself, he needs to have the intention that he is purifying himself in order to be fit to eat or to touch whatever level he is going to do. So Atobelachulin, one who dips himself into a mikveh in order to purify himself to eat chulin, although one does not need to be pure for eating chulin, many people were particular upon themselves to do so even for chulin. Chulin is regular, unsanctified produce. The Vuchsak lachulin, and he had the intention of purifying himself for the sake of eating chulin, also la meiser, it is forbidden for him to eat meiser sheini, since when he purified himself, he did not have the intention of purifying himself for the sake of being able to eat meiser sheini. Similarly, tovala meiser, if he went to the mikveh in order to eat meiser sheini, the vuchsak lachulin, and he had an intention to purify himself to be able to eat meiser sheini, also la truma, he is still forbidden to eat truma, since he didn't have that in mind when he went to the mikveh. Tovala truma, vuchsak truma, he went to the mikveh for the sake of eating truma, and he had the intention of purifying himself for the sake of truma. Also la kodesh, he is still forbidden to eat the meat of karbonos. Tovala kodesh, vuchzak la kodesh. If he went to the mikveh for the sake of karbonos, and he had the intention of becoming pure for the sake of eating karbonos, also la chatos, it is forbidden for him to have contact with the paraduma ashes or the solution, because regarding a level which is higher, he is not considered to be pure. And says the mission of the rule, Tola le If one goes to the mikveh for something which is on a higher level, which has more strict halachas, then certainly mutar lakal, it is permitted for him to eat food which is on a lower level. But the other way around would be forbidden, as we just learnt. And interestingly, Tola le If one goes to the mikveh and does not have the intention for which type of food he's intending to purify himself for, Ilu le it's as if he has not gone to the mikveh at all. And the Gemara explains that this is not referring to one who goes to the mikveh for chulin. If one goes to the mikveh for the sake of eating chulin, even if he doesn't have the intention for that, he is nevertheless considered to be pure. But for anything else, he has to have the intention that he is purifying himself for the sake of being fit for touching or eating that level.